This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. It's after the international break and it looks like there's a bit of slumber going on. A lot of players still sleeping in the Griffin Park zone because we didn't get the result that we wanted. Bristol City came down here. One goal to the City and Thomas Frank's first game in charge hasn't quite gone according to plan. We've got a City boy in the house here. City boy, you're going home quite happy, aren't you? Yeah, very happy. Um, I thought I thought we just about edged it. The, the sending off probably helped us quite a lot. Um, but I was really nervous. I was worried about this game. We don't do well at, at Griffin Park and we don't do well after international breaks as well. So to get a result here, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm just wondering because I see the team coach is leaving quite soon. Is the referee going back on the team coach with you? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because we felt the same way in the first half. Um, but yeah, certainly, I mean, I thought he was, I thought he was poor for both teams, to be honest. Um, there was a lot of soft decisions. In terms of the sending off, I didn't really see either booking properly, so I, I, I don't really know whether that was fair or not. But According to our iPlayer, um, Bees who are watching it on iPlayer, they say that um, Mepham didn't touch the ball or didn't touch a player, and he got sent off, and it was very similar to the penalty that we thought that we should have had, where uh, your player did exactly the same thing to us, and uh, he didn't give it, so it was a bit of a strange one. Yeah, I mean... The view from from the uh, from the lower tier of the away end is is pretty bad to be honest. So you just have to kind of go off, you know, try and go off of, of, of how it how it how it looks. But I mean, so this, for the sending off, it looked like uh, Eliasson was was going through and he got kind of pulled back. It was definitely a booking, but I, for the first, whether it was a second booking, I, I you know I don't know. It's in the game itself. I mean, Bristol City. You know, you sort of started off. You were, say under the cosh, but a little bit we were at you to start off with, and then you sort of slightly grew into the game as well, didn't you? Yeah, I thought we grew into the game first half. You know, nil nil was fair at half time. I thought, um, and then the game sort of swung our way in the second half. Definitely, um, I've, I've, you know, after you went down to ten men. Um, but yeah, like you say, we you know we definitely started slow, and we were, I think we were nervous because there is definitely a vibe amongst City fans that it's we don't do well here so you know we were kind of pleased to get in at nil-nil um, and then you know did, did well in the second half and, and ultimately deserved to, deserved to win it and the question I'm going to ask you because all Leeds fans believe that this is true do you believe that the football re- league is corrupt? Uh, uh, no <laughs> do you? <laughs> I think it's just only Leeds fans actually <laughs> I mean everyone thinks that you know the football league's corrupt against them I imagine but 
it's, you know, it's just a game at the end of the day. <laughs> Back at the pub, a lot, a lot of confusion from Brentford fans, it seems, with that game. We're not, not quite sure if we deserve to win it, how we lost it, how we, how we didn't really perform. What was going on? Well, I, I certainly didn't think we deserved to lose it. I'm not sure we did enough to win it, really. I thought in the first half, lacked a lot of urgency, uh, strolling around in the sunshine, uh, but clearly the better team. And, of course, the uh, sending off changed things. We still hit the post. Morpay had a chance. And, of course, we conceded our traditional goal in the final minutes of the game. So, all in all, very disappointing. But uh, on to the next one. Two away wins in a row. And we'll be right back up there. Disappointment all round from the bees, isn't it? Uh, it's a disappointing day, really. Um, slightly missed opportunity. But yes. Why? Why? Just tell us why it's missed. Well, um, stadium on Ealing Road, the atmosphere is really, really good. Um, new roads as well, sold in, near Sellout, new roads, crowd, all the crowd right behind Thomas Frank, Franks. And um, it, I just felt that we kind of missed, uh, missed an opportunity today to, to sort of say, well, you know, we carry on regardless of what's happened after the uh, Dean Smith leaving for Villa. Okay, I mean, obviously, we thought it was going to be a seamless. Um, a seamless transition it hasn't doesn't seem to be so seamless so far does it no I, I think um, in fairness to Bristol City they, they came and they, they did stop us from playing out from the back um, and they were quite good at closing us down and they, they're quite quick on the counter attack so in fairness to Bristol City um, they, they're a lot better than last year even though they seem to have lost quite a few players um, having said that, I understand they had a young goalkeeper in goal today who actually played really well, so fair play to him. But we didn't kind of uh, exploit, we're not kind of ruthless enough on the pitch, unfortunately. And, and do you think that's it? We weren't ruthless enough? Or do you think we were just, we just an off day? Or do you think they're mourning this, the, the, the leaving of Dean Smith? Well, I hope it's not the latter. Um, you know, I'm slightly disappointed with Sawyers today, um, and I, I quite like Sawyers, so a little bit disappointed there so I, I hope that Sawyers is not you know not, not sort of um, I'm in an iron about his future um, and, and maybe some of the other players but um, we are where we are um, we, we're obviously hoping for a smooth transition and uh, I think Morpay as well he was a little bit not quite on his A game today and I, I think the, the, the part of the problem is we got an, we, on, 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 when we're when we're on top of our game, we've got an excellent front three players. But today, we just we just weren't quite there, were we? You know, and, and Watkins as well, he's looking a little bit tired. So... a two weeks rest, shouldn't be tired. Well, it's, it's my perception. I might be totally wrong there, but yeah, he's had, he's had a couple of weeks rest. Um, but yeah, he, he just... You know, I, I know he hit the post, and I, I couldn't understand the referee, some of his decisions, uh, but... I don't want to moan about the referee because at the end of the day we should have done better even with a really bad referee uh, the last 30 minutes of the game the referee was terrible absolutely terrible um, but I, I don't want to talk about the referee as frustrating as that is we, we need to do better and I, I think deep down um, the players and the management probably know know that and you know I, I think our, our expectations the sports expectations as well are quite high this year and um, a lot, lot of people that you talk to expect or, or expect Brentford because we're no longer, um, you know, if I'm allowed to use the phrase dark horses, we're, we're not dark horses anymore. People know about us. Um, 
and, and they expect us now, you know, Aston Villa, you know, all, all these big teams, even Leeds, they know when they play us, we've we got some good players and we're not here now just to make up the numbers. We're here to compete and we want to get in that premiership. And um, we, we got off, I got off the train um, at Q today, Q Bridge, and uh, looking at that stadium, it's coming together slowly but surely. And that, that's our vision, that's our future. But that sort of stadium, even though people criticise us because it's only going you know, to hold 17,500, you know, they, they, we need Premiership football. Um, and, and we need it in the next couple of years. Ah, well, I'm sort of stuck for words here. I, I, I can't even infuse or do the things that I normally do after the match because our bit of a sort of wet blanket, as far as I was concerned, that was. I agree, actually. I'm slightly disappointed with that game. I thought we had uh, chances to score when we had 11 men on the pitch. Our disciplinary record really does need looking at. Um, we've picked up another five yellow cards today, possibly, you know, not due for another fine, probably. And if you lose, if you get out to 10 men, more than likely you're going to lose the game. And um, we probably didn't deserve to win. I thought, you know, let's not argue about referees, so that's pointless. I don't, don't want to go down the Leeds United route. I'm like you, I'm a bit deflated, I'm a bit flat. I didn't see any spark really from the team. I thought new manager, new head coach bounce, you know, there might be something of that didn't seem to develop. As I said, I'm worried about discipline record. I'm also, to be honest, worried about the way Canos and Watkins have been playing recently. Um, they seem to have gone off the boil and we're missing the spark that they bring into the team. So uh, we got what we deserve today, but roll on Preston uh, you know, and, and Norwich and hopefully we might be able to do better away from home. The one thing I will say is I do think the crowd, home crowd, does need to get behind the team more um, it's very noticeable that we're very quick to whinge and sort of uh, some, some cries and the players do hear it we've got to be more positive at home the away fans are always positive whether we win, lose or draw home fans have got to be the same, positive all the time Disappointing all round Bees here, they're subbing pints they're drinking beer, pints of pride pints of know, Foster's pints of Guinness pints of water all over the place aren't they because uh, well just disappointment yeah disappointment um, not the best start to the Thomas Frank era um, if I might say a, posit- a positive to come out of it was that there was a very pro Thomas Frank feeling and a less and no real anti-Dean Smith feeling around the stadium but the performance was certainly lacking um, first half I think we should have definitely at least scored and I think that would have put a bit more of an onus on Bristol City to play a bit more football uh, but in the second half we we were we were poor in midfield we didn't really put our foot on the game and didn't really take control of it and didn't really grasp it so yeah not the best start to the Thomas Frank era but ho-hum we move forward next game ho-hum I don't know you just don't know what to say, do you? I don't know. I'm making up words. I'm making up words. I'm, I tell you what, that, I'm making up words. I'm, there, was, there are some, probably some words I could use to describe the referee's second half performance, but yeah. Not ho hum, though. No, not ho hum. Um, no, definitely not that. That's good. <laughs> Bristol City fans in the house. What's going down? Uh, what's going down? Uh, I guess Brentford at this rate, with all these winless, with this little winless streak. Um, in all seriousness, uh, one 0 win. I'm absolutely buzzing. I've had far too many pints to be talking into uh, a stranger's iPhone, but to win one 0 away at Griffin Park, 
um, is amazing. Albeit with with, te- with you guys having ten men for sort of half an hour or whatever it was, um, compared to last season when we drew two all, and it was just it's almost embarrassing some of the football or lack thereof we played. It was embarrassing, but this year, this season. Uh, you know, Bristol City fans were holding on for hope that you know the, the, the Dean Smith leaving and, and Thomas Frank, Thomas Frank, right, um, coming in would be our only hope. Everyone was saying, you know, th- what a great time to play Brentford. Fingers crossed, this has some kind of effect. Um, I'm not sure if it did because Brentford was sort of their classic silky, smooth footballing side that they normally are. But you know, Bristol City had this weird knack of just every now and then bringing out a performance out of nowhere and winning. You know, for those that don't know, we won four on the bounce and then sort of had some terrible games where we lost to Sheffield Wednesday and City fans were bemoaning Lee Johnson, questioning if, you know, if he is good enough for the championship. And, uh, and this is a great result. I think that even 11 v 11, I thought that Bristol City would get a goal. I thought Brentford might get a goal as well, but I had hope that we could somehow sort of nick it. And as soon as it went to 10 men, I thought, here we go. You know, our wingers could sort of get into the game. Nicholas Eliasson, who's quite an erratic young player, he cut inside a few times and here over the bar. And he, he came up first league goal for Bristol City. And I've got to say, you know, I, I think Griffin Park will be up, is, is up there for sort of away. Uh, away fan match experiences I know the ground itself is you know it's not particularly modern it's not particularly amazing it's very hard to get food you don't sell beer but there's a lot of pubs nearby we're in the Globe shout out to the Globe if for some reason their manager is listening which I doubt he is um, it's a really good pub and there's something about a terraced away end uh, you know I've, I've for, for the Bristol City podcast that I run um, I interviewed a guy about safe standing and when you go to grounds like Burton Albion and, and, uh, and, and Griffin Park you realise just how amazing it is to stand in an away end, close to your friends. You're not sat down, you're not sort of penned in, you're a little allotted uh, half a square metre. You have your, you sort of have all these friends and all these strangers that you are essentially you know, shoulder to shoulder with. And there's just something about it. It's just louder, it's more exciting, it's just so much more brilliant to, to watch an away game. Although if I was a Brentford fan, I'd ask for seats, because away fans seem to make far much noise than the home fans. Again, well, it, again, it depends. You know, again, it depends on what you want to do. I mean, people say it's an advantage, and you know, you try and give uh, your home advantage and stuff. But I just think football fans are football fans, and at the end of the day, I also think that away fans create an atmosphere. Sometimes it actually gives the home fans the, the opportunity to try and create a bit more of atmosphere. And if there's fifteen thousand or eighteen thousand fans in the stadium and three thousand away fans to make an atmosphere, then if those fifteen thousand fans can't make more atmosphere than there's three thousand, then there's something going wrong. I agree, and it's all about this, this guy. I remember this guy who works for I think it's the uh, the Safe Standing Roadshow. I, I think. John Tarch. Yeah, there you go, John Tarch. He's a Bristol City fan, great guy, really interesting to chat about um, this sort of thing. And he made a great point that the thing with away fans is you have the loud people; they're forced to be together. Was with the home, you know, be it Brentford's with twelve thousand or Wembley with forty-five thousand. You've got to get the energetic, and you know, this isn't. I think you can, you can take this to drug show if you want, but it's normally young working class men who have the energy and, ha- and want to stand up and want to make noise. And if you can corral them into the right section of the ground or the right stand, we have it at Bristol City, we have a bit called Section 82, which is essentially sort of our ultras, if you will. They're not particularly ultra, but they stand up for the duration of the game, they start the chance, and more often than not, I guess, the rest of the ground sort of joins in. And, and, and Brentford, I couldn't quite uh, gauge if there was a specific section where the singers 
quote unquote are. But I think as soon as safe standing comes in, I hope that all football league clubs adopt it. Because to, honestly, I, I, maybe Brentford fans don't sort of appreciate this because they've never been in the away end in their own stadium, of course. But the away end at Griffin Park is g- just genuinely enjoyable. There's that used, that so used to be a home end. Wow, really? So what? So the home fans used to stand up and the away fans used to. Sit? Well, I, I don't know who was in charge of that decision to swap. No, but no, we, no we, sit, we stand anyway. The, other, the opposite end is standing as well. I couldn't, I couldn't see. My eyes. So basically, where you are, that used to be the home end, the Wendy House, as we call it, and that was the home end with the seats above and the terrace below, and the end where you are used to be the away end, and that's just the, that's the way it was for for a while because it's a long long story. But that end that used to be used to be the Royal Oak, used to be a massive end which held I don't know about seven or eight thousand people, and they got chopped off for the houses behind. Okay, well, uh, well I've got a question about the, the, the you guys getting a new stadium. I mean, what's the current capacity? Roughly twelve thousand. I think you're roughly twelve. We've got twelve thousand. We're going a bit off pist here, uh, you know, but, but the Bristol City events know twelve thousand here Griffin Park 17,250 at the new stadium but at the end of the day is that you know we don't want a 30,000 stadium no. or I don't want a 30,000 stadium I'd rather a smaller stadium with much more noise and much more compact and just get everybody in and just make a load of noise and 3,000 away fans and Bob's your uncle but anyway listen Bristol Sorry. City today listen obviously very happy with the result but do you think you're going to kick off from here Oh, kick on. I mean, uh, we were chatting f- for our podcast about Dean Smith and his sort of his streakiness, if that's the correct adjective. And that sort of, so Br- Bristol City, we recently won four games in a row and then played terribly for a few. We've won now. Bristol City fans would be right to presume that we're then going to go on a run and we're going to start beating teams. We've got Stoke. I mean, Stoke are a weird team. I don't understand how they haven't won every single game with their sort of squads. I mean, the way, the way we've been recently and in recent years under Lee Johnson, I'd say yes. I'd say we're going to start winning games. We're going to start moving up the table. I think playoffs is slightly unrealistic just because we don't quite have our full strength team and we don't quite have enough firepower, albeit Andy Vyman started the season so well. Um, to kick on from here, I'll, go on, I'll go yes. I'll nod. I'll nod strongly. Hello. Not happy, are you? No, Hello. Not happy, are you? Nope. Tell us why. Um, I just don't think um, it's, a, it's two, two or three players that just aren't performing. I'd, I'd say that Watkins is falling away. I'd, I'd say that um, Canos is falling away. I'd say Morpay's not getting the service. Um, you know, we need to sort this out. You know, it's, it's so you don't think it's a Thomas Frank issue? And I'm not having a go at the Frank. And I just say to you, do you think that he's just he needs to come and and do his manager straight head coach thing and and just make some decisions? Uh, yeah, it's certainly not a Frank thing. You know, it's, it's, this has been going on for four or five weeks now, where you know certain players that made us special have ceased being special. We're we're back being a, a, you know we're still a decent championship team, but. You know, the first four or five weeks of the season, those players that we were raving about were the ones that made us stand out. They've stopped standing out, and we've, we've become normal. And that's, you know, at the moment, unless, unless Watkins and Canos step up, you know, and, and this is why that does my head in. This is, this is why I, I bang on about Chidozi Egbonne for, you know, why he went to, to Exeter. He was, he's a random player. I'm not saying he's the answer, but he, he's the one that we can bring him off the bench and do something unpredictable. And we, we can't do that. And now he's injured, um, so it, it's not going to be him either. So we're lacking in, in, in attacking options. So, you know, more pay... He's not getting the service he did, you know. 
Well, that's not down to the forward. So if we brought another forward in, he's not going to get extra service, though, is he? No, no, no. What I'm saying, no, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's down to Watkins and Canos at the moment. They're not cutting the mustard. They need to sort their lives out. There's something, there's something that's not happening there. Out wide, we get the ball out wide. They can't beat their man. They don't beat their man. They don't cut it back for for Morpay. Morpay was knocking in balls that were cut back for him. That's, we stopped doing it. So you know. More pay. He's, he's at the mercy of his supply line. You know, Canos and Watkins need to step their game up. Fact. So it sounds like Ben Rama's going to be playing on Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night at uh, P and E then. Yeah, and I'm not being funny. That the, the sending off today didn't happen at the right time. Obviously, you know, I think Ben Rama probably would have come on, but the, the fact that they had to, they had to change it up a bit, um, it, it, the, the timing of it around 65, 70 minutes didn't really help us that's the, that's when we put the new legs on Ben Rama was the one that came on and we we had to shore it up a bit so you know it, it was a it was a, a sucker punch I, I Bristol City in the end probably deserved it and uh, I didn't I didn't think that in the first half I thought in the first half they had nothing to contribute in the second half they deserved to win it probably it's beside Pride of West London podcast. Everyone's pretty annoyed, pretty fed up, pretty flat. But that's just the way it goes. Hopefully we come back. We've got two games in a week. And fingers crossed, we will actually do the business next week. Like I said to you, check us out. Besotted, um, go for the BFS uh, Awards. Give us a little vote on that one on the besotted.com website. But other than that, all I've got to say to you is I'm pretty, pretty lonely, actually. As, I've got to, as, we, say, as we say, oh, yeah, and, and uh, listen, on Wednesday, we're going to be doing a Red Button podcast as well. Um, we've decided we're not going to go to... Uh, we're not going to go to. Uh, we're not going to go to. We're not going to PNE. We decided we're just going to go and watch out the red button. We're going to do a podcast from the red button as well, and we're going to make a podcast to say this is a good thing, this is a bad thing. We will have all sorts of comments. So check it out Thursday morning. The podcast from the red button. As we say, come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.